0: Welcome to episode 14 of Kept Secrets. I'm your host, Nikki Rothrock. This podcast is a way that I try to help others who have experienced childhood sexual abuse, neglect, or trauma. I will discuss my personal experience and and the treatments that have helped me heal my broken heart and soul. My abuse started as early as five to six years old until I was 15, and by more than 20 different perpetrators. There's a long history, but I've been able to create this podcast in hopes of helping one person. I hope that person is you. Welcome to episode 14. Thanks for joining. Um, I think tonight you guys are going to be a little bit excited. I don't know when um, something is kind of revealed in a podcast that I've been waiting for. I get a little bit excited. So tonight... The title of our episode is Traumatic Bond, Self-Destruction, and a Love Story. Seems a little off because you've got like the traumatic bond, which is the complete opposite of a love story. So um, I'm just going to kind of get started. Basically, this is starting when I was um, 15 and Tom, my abusive stepfather, left our home. And that created a traumatic bond i had a traumatic bond with him i should say um i wish that i would have gotten the definition to read to you guys but if you can just google traumatic bond you'll understand that it is an attachment to an abuser um it's not stockholm syndrome it's a little different than that but it's it's an attachment a dependency on someone and then when they leave And you are left without that attachment. Chaos starts. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight a little bit. Um, When Tom left, I was 15, like I said. And earlier in my podcast, I talked about a relationship that I had with Ryan. Ryan was um, a few years older than me. At the time. Well, he still is. I guess he would be. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that relationship. So the traumatic bond piece is just... I want you guys to understand where I was after Tom left in a mental place. Um, it, was, it was so chaotic for me because I just didn't know what was happening. Um, I was very self-destructive. I was just reaching for anyone to pay attention to me, to fill this black hole in my heart that was caused because of the the bond being ripped away. So, self-destructive things that I did. I'm going to discuss those as I go through this little timeline. Um, Ryan and I broke up in July of 1996. That's when... After Tom left, I was with Ryan for a little bit over two years. I pretty much trans transitioned that attachment from Tom to Ryan and didn't realize that's what I had done because I didn't even know traumatic bond was a thing. So keep in mind that the pain and the self-destruction continued. The self-destruction... Um, after Tom would have been... Well, even during the time that Tom was in my life, um, there was suicide attempts. Did an episode about that. There was a lot of self-hatred, a lot of depression. Just thinking that... Excuse me. Just thinking that life had to be better somewhere else. But on the other hand, I was completely dependent on Tom because that's what I was conditioned to do. He... um I keep saying the word, um, sorry guys. I'm trying to figure out how to put all of this in words for you, but he conditioned me in a way of, I was his girlfriend basically. And he made me feel like he was just with my mom out of convenience, obligation a little bit. But for me... He made me feel like he loved me and he wanted a future with me years later after I was old enough. So I became very dependent on him. Um, and that is where I, when he left, I just transferred that over to Ryan. So talking about my relationship with Ryan, when we broke up, the pain and self-destruction continued, but it was amped up and full Like, full swing. It was nuts. Um, I would hang around with people who would experiment with drugs and lots of sex and, you know, just things that, thinking back now, make me feel really icky. Um, I was just putting myself in situations just looking for someone to fill this void. But Ryan... (laughs) I felt like he just abandoned me in my most, in the time that I needed him the most, which looking back, um, I wouldn't necessarily be angry with him because I was a lot to handle, I'm sure. And we were both young, didn't know how to handle things. I was traumatized and he just, all he could see was the self-destruction. So we broke up on a Monday. And on Friday, Ryan had a date with a woman that he would later marry. Oh my gosh. I was... Part of my self-destruction was trying to get Ryan back. I would do anything. I lived about 40 miles away from him. And I would drive down to where he lived just to see if he was home. I had no... I had no thought of actually going to the door. I just wanted to see if he was home. And then when I found out that his new uh, love interest was at his place, I became extremely angry and I became territorial, which is weird. Um, I would call Ryan's mom's house where he was living and I would just call and if anybody else other than him answered, I would hang up. Um, I was devastated. And I was willing to do just about anything to get him back at that time. After I became extremely annoying and, you know, there was a little bit of, so I don't know if you remember me talking about the inner child when me as an adult would go anywhere around where Tom was. The inner child was basically being teased. And that was very dangerous for me because she would freak out. Well, in thinking about this situation, I kind of did the same thing to her with Ryan. I would go to his place looking just to see if he was there. And it was just teasing her. So she would get upset and angry and then we would lash out at ourselves and we would get into dangerous situations. Um, But I was willing to do anything because I was just desperate. Um... So I felt like Ryan kind of dangled the carrot (laughs) a little bit because there was a time about six months after we broke up that he did come to visit me and there, there was this connection, but I could tell it was different. It was literally just like a sexual connection. And I But I loved him so much, I thought this is what I needed to do to get him to come back to me. Long story short, that did not happen. He went home, he told his new girlfriend that he had cheated on her, and the shit hit the fan because Ryan's mom called me and was like, I think you need to stay away from him for a while because, you know, he really likes this new girl. And basically, all I did was cause drama. And I was devastated, you know, because I not only had had I pushed him away because of my behavior, I pushed his mom away too, who was, she was nice and sweet to me. And she was kind of like that second mom that I always wanted. So I kind of screwed myself on that. No pun intended. But after that, I was like, you know, I've got to get myself together. So... I started, after Ryan and I broke up, about, it was sometime during that summer, I moved in with my dad. I moved out of my mom's house and moved in with my dad. This was the first time in my life that I had ever lived with my dad. I actually lived with him when I was a baby, but, you know, obviously I don't remember that. So, living with him at the age of 17 was really weird for me because... I had just been traumatized by all this stuff with Tom, the breakup with Ryan. Everything was literally about to explode. So, after moving in with my dad, I got a job. Um, I think before that, I actually decided I was going to give college a try. So, I went to um, a small place, a small um, campus about a half an hour north of us. I'd drive there three times a week, had classes, everything was fine. Um, I started a job working, I think it was at a gas station. And, you know, I dated a couple guys and I just, just couldn't, I mean, there was there was one guy that was super special to me, I thought, and that relationship just didn't work out. It tended to get a little bit I don't want to say abusive because I was just as destructive as he was so it just didn't work out um so I continued on to college I found a job working in an office and I also worked at a pizza place so I was pretty busy a lot and I was very social with my friends so that kind of kept my my time going for a while, um, still dated off and on, just couldn't find anybody that I clicked with. Excuse me. Nobody made me feel the way that Ryan did. And I was, I didn't, I just could not get anywhere with anyone, if that makes sense. So while I was working at this office job, I had health insurance, which I had not had before. So I went looking for Beth again, and I I finally found her, and I, I went to her office, and we started working together. Well, we go through all of the stuff, you know, about my past, and then we start um, talking about, I want to say it was... Gratitude in a way because you know it was, I, I had a safe place after the abuse, and that was Ryan. So, and this, I mean, this was like over months of treatment that this was brought to my attention that I had a safe place with him. And I felt really guilty because of the way that I had treated him, and I, I felt very foolish because of the way that I acted. Um, I tried to intimidate his, his new girlfriend and Archie has arrived. So if you hear him in the background whining and coughing or whatever he does, then that's just Archie. Cause that's what he does. So I'm not giving you any more treats. Go lay down. He's going to throw a fit because he wants treats. So anyway, in 2004, I made a decision to reach out to Ryan's dad. Um, I wanted to get in touch with Ryan. I knew he was married. So that wasn't, it wasn't even in my thought to disrupt his, his marriage. I didn't want that. That was the one thing I didn't want to happen. So I called his dad and I talked to him for about 10 minutes. And we talked about where my life had gone after Ryan and I broke up and, how I had been through treatment, and I wanted to talk to Ryan because I wanted to thank him for being that safe place for me when I disclosed the abuse. Well, his his dad's like, well, all I can do is give him the message, and it's up to him whether he calls you or not. I was like, sure, fair enough, okay. So that that was like on a Tuesday, I think. Maybe a Thursday, I don't remember. But all I know is it was like... The next day, seriously, it was like the next day, I get a voicemail on my cell phone while I'm at work, and it's Ryan, and I was like, holy crap, he called me back, so um, he gave me his work number, and I called him on my lunch hour that day, and I talked to him, I want to say it was like almost two hours (laughs) and i'm sure that my boss was like where did she go because she left 2 hours ago. So we talked, the conversation was extremely healing i think for both of us because i was able to tell him that i was sorry and also thank him for allowing me to t- for allowing me to tell him my deep dark secret and encouraging me to tell my mom so that we could start the legal process. I'm not giving you any more. Go. Go lay down. So that conversation was great. And I remember one thing I said to him. Because literally during 75% of our. Re- during 75% of our relationship. We were dealing with the stuff with Tom we were dealing with the courts, we were dealing with um, my therapy and everything was about me and this trauma. And I guess I didn't realize how much that could do to a person. So I, I told him I was sorry. And I said, I don't know or I'm, I don't know if you hung around because of what I had gone through and you just felt bad. But I wanted to thank you for it. And he said to me. He said. I didn't hang around out of obligation. I hung around because I loved you. You guys. My heart. Was so like. oh, It was. It was a moment where I was like. Okay. So this guy really did love me. Well at this time. Obviously he was married. So I wasn't. It was just really nice to hear that his feelings were real. Come here. I'm not giving you any more. You can go lay down. Sorry. So we had this conversation, and after the conversation, I felt so relieved. One, because I kind of made amends with him and telling him that I was sorry for everything that I had put him through after the fact. Um, And I wished him a happy life, Whatever but we also emailed each other a little bit just talking through come here come here Archie just talking through our issues and you know just talked it out well not long after that um him and his wife experienced a loss of a child and my heart broke for both of them um I just saw this sad situation and I just wanted to be his friend. So I asked him to meet me for lunch. We we worked about maybe two miles from each other this whole time and didn't know it. So um I met him for lunch. Nothing inappropriate. It was a public place, and we just just kind of talked and just sat there. And um You know, it, it was It was interesting. I take that back. This was not the, there was one time before that where we actually met for lunch. And it was the funniest thing because we were, when we saw each other, we knew that we were each other. Come here. You know, we were who we were, but it was like 10 years had passed. Excuse me. And you know, I was able to take care of myself more. Um, I think I may have gained a little bit more weight, but it wasn't a whole bunch, but he looked so different. You know, he had put on like maybe 50 pounds, 60 pounds. Um, he just had this sadness about him. And at the time, this was before he had, they had lost their child. So, you know, I just I just was like, oh, this poor guy. This dog. I'm sorry guys. Um so anyway, going back to the second time that we met after the loss of their child, um I you know, I I felt bad for both of them and that was a weird situation for me because I I felt like I if his wife was around, I would hug her and tell her that I was sorry for the loss and for everything that I had put her through. Um So moving on past that, um, I ended up leaving my job that, this dog, I ended up leaving the job that I was at there and went to work for another company. When I went to that company, I met someone named Mike. Mike was like, um, a Southern hillbilly, I guess, but there was something there was something about him that was extremely adorable, and I don't know what it was, but he made me feel comfortable in my own skin, and I think that was something that I needed at the time um, every once in a while, <coughs> excuse me every once in a while um. Ryan would send me an email just checking in. How you doing? Um, I'd be like, I'm okay. I might be moving. You know, I might get married to this guy. And he's like, oh, well, I hope you're happy, blah, blah, blah. Not a big deal. So uh, that relationship with Mike did not last very long. He was very hung up on his ex-wife. They had two children. And I, I learned that he was very newly divorced when he and I met. And that caused a huge issue. My insecurity about um, him leaving me for his ex-wife was always there. And it just made me feel extremely anxious all the time to the point where I had to take Xanax anytime I was going to be in the town that they lived in. Because she liked to show up at their parents' house and st- or at his parents' house when we were there. It was just extremely uncomfortable for me at the time. Um, so he and I actually broke up. Uh I think it was like in uh around Christmas time of 2008. And I went on a trip with a girlfriend. We went to Washington DC and it was great. Um her parents lived out there at the time and so we went on a trip. And then when I came back, I don't know what it was, but I knew that Tom was in a bowling tournament that my brother was bowling in. I knew he was going to be there. And the um, protective order against Tom actually ended, like, in May of that year. So there was no, no legal thing that would keep him and I apart at this point. So... There was an experience um, that I'm going to save for a later episode, but there was contact between Tom and I. And that really changed things for me. Um, I should probably back up because in 2007, so 2009 is when I had this experience with Tom. And then, so like in 2007, I had turned in all of my, Receipts for all the treatment that I had with Beth. And it was like over $4,000 worth of co-pays that I had paid over the years. And he was supposed to repay me for that as part of his plea agreement. Well, he was fighting it, so he took me back to court because he didn't think that he should have to pay it. So basically, because it just, I think the plea agreement just said restitution and... There was really no explanation of what that was, how long I needed to go to therapy, um, how much each session was a lot, you know, was allowed, and blah blah blah. So, um, we went to court, and that day something changed within me, and I think that's why I was able to get into another relationship with with Mike, why I was able to um, have that experience or that encounter with Tom in 2009. Um, And then in 2010, Mike and I broke up for good. And at that time, you guys, I was so tired. I was so tired of fighting. I was so tired of not being good enough for other people, for other men. I was, um, I decided, you know, I'm going to focus on myself I was right across the hall from a good from somebody that I had gone to school with who became a good friend to me her and her daughter um, and I just decided to just not worry about guys for a while um I was in graduate school at the time, so I was busy um I had grad school I had my my mom uh because I had moved back to town where my mom lived so I would get to see her. My dad actually had an apartment in the same apartment complex. And, you know, we had our dogs. And it was just, it was a good life for me at the time. Um, and just talking about inflation, just a side note. I think I paid 535 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath. I looked at that same apartment last summer. It is over $1,000 a month in 10 years. That's nuts. Actually, I guess it would be like 13 years now. But so I was okay with being alone. I went and I played bingo with my friends. I went to concerts. Um, I did all kinds of stuff. And I just enjoyed my life. I went to Weight Watchers. I lost about, I think, I think at that time I lost around 50 pounds, which was nice. And then one night in October... Of the next year in 2011, I was leaving bingo with my roommate, or not my roommate. She she later became my roommate, but she was my friend and my neighbor at the time. We had left where we were playing bingo, and I remember sitting at a stoplight about halfway to our apartment, and I was like, man, something feels really weird. And i it's about Ryan, like I just kept having this weird feeling that something was wrong and that he was going to call me. And luckily I had the same phone number, but, um, a few, about right after the time that I moved into my apartment. So early 2009, um, I had emailed his mom on Facebook. Ow, ow. I got bit by my dog. Sorry. Ow, that hurt. I had emailed his mom a mess or a center message on Facebook and was just like, hi, um, just wanted to see how you guys are doing and kind of told her where I was in life, you know, just kind of putting a, an olive branch out a little bit because I was just wondering how everybody was. So fast forward, um, a little over a year in that October I just felt like something was weird. Um, I can't explain it. So that was Friday night. Monday morning, I wake up to a message on Facebook from Ryan's mom's Facebook. And it was like, hey, how are you? And then, by the way, this is not... And then his mom's name. This is Ryan. And when I woke up at 5 o'clock the next morning, on Monday morning, and I saw that message... I, <laughs> I about jumped out of my skin because I was so freaking ex- excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about him. wonder what's going on. Well, I had to wait the whole day before I could get a message back from him. I mean, cause I responded right then, but it wasn't until 10 o'clock that next night or that night, that Monday night where there was another message that popped up and it's like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Well, a few days before he messaged me, his current, his wife at the time um, decided to end their marriage. And they had a couple kids and and they just decided to end to end the marriage so he moved in with his mom for a while well he he asked you know we talked on the phone through the whole week and then he asked me to meet him just to talk um, and just see you know just to go out and have a drink or a steak or whatever I think I ended up having a steak but no drink um, <clears throat> that night you guys we stood outside of the restaurant after we ate for three hours, stood there and I was wearing heeled shoes and I didn't even care that I was standing the whole time. I was so into this conversation. And I remember one thing I said to him because he was asking me, and you know, sure, this is very um, early in his separation from his wife and Everything, but he was asking me like what the chances would be that, you know, we could date later because he was really surprised that I, that I was still single. And I was like, well, I don't know, but the difference now from when we were together before is that I don't need you in my life. I want you in my life, but I don't need you. And he's, I remember the look he gave me like, well, fine then. But at my point then was, hey, I have worked through my stuff and I don't have to be dependent on you. We can have a good relationship. But on the other hand, I was thinking, this is not going to happen. He's going to end up going back to his wife. Everything, you know, this is just a conversation. There was absolutely nothing inappropriate physically between us at the time and Um, you know, it was literally just a conversation and his wife made it very clear that they were done. So I think he was just hurting and he was just reaching out. So we continued to talk, um, through the months and then in, um, March of the next year is when my mom passed away and him and his, you know, we were still talking and, you know, I, his mom came and played bingo with me and, um, we, d- we realized that we both like to go to the casino. And so she and I would go. And, you know, it was just nice to rekindle that friendship alone, not to mention the relationship or friendship with Ryan. So <clears throat> my mom passed away and they both came to the viewing or the visitation. And that was nice to see them. Um, and then he and I, uh, we just kept talking through this time. We went out. Uh, on on dates, I guess. I, I don't really think that they were dates because it was literally just a friend and a friend. Our relationship had changed to the point that I wasn't dependent on him. You know, I was an independent person. And this was a friend that I was going out with. And this was a friend that I was sad for. And I was listening to all of his issues. And I encouraged him to make his marriage work. Do you know how hard that was? But it was the right thing to do. Because I didn't want to be the other woman. I didn't want. Um, I didn't want to be the rebound. So I would encourage him. And you know, I'm like well. you know, Maybe you should send her flowers. Or just tell her how you feel. And he's like it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. She's done. So after months of that. Um, May of the next year, his divorce was final. And that summer, he and I officially became boyfriend and girlfriend, which was awesome. Uh, my, My grief was strong at the time after losing my mom. And I don't feel like he was very supportive of that. Because, you know, he had lost his dad a few years before. But he just... He was just damaged at the time. He His heart was broken. His family was broken. He just needed a friend. And I had to be the stronger one at the time and um, be there for him as much as possible. So a um, couple years go by. I, I still had not met his children. And... I, you know i was realizing that this was not normal and i kept pressuring him i was like ryan i need to meet your kids because you know we've been together a couple of years now and it's kind of weird that i haven't um and so he went against his ex-wife's wishes and i met his kids And they were great. I remember the youngest one came running up to me right when I was leaving and gave me a hug. And he's like, I really like you. And I was like, I like you too. And then I left. Well, later that night or that afternoon, there was a call from the mom. And man, she was pissed. (laughs) But it was kind of like the Band-Aid had been ripped off. Now she knew that he was in a relationship with me. And now she knew, well, I believe that the whole time they were married, she thought he and I had been together when we had not. The only time I reached out to him was 10 years after we broke up. And I wasn't even, it wasn't even that kind of a talk. Or it, there was never any talk of us getting together and being inappropriate. So I think she felt like, This was just confirming what she had always thought. And I still haven't been able to make that right with her. And, you know, because when somebody really thinks badly of you and you can't tell them that they're wrong and prove to them that they're wrong, there's no way I can prove it. But it still bothered me, it still bothers me, that she thought that I had cheated on her with her husband and that did not happen. So moving forward um, Ryan and I, I would uh, see his kids a little bit here and there not very often because there was um, there was a lot of strict rules and we had to work around things uh, that had to do with his ex-wife and things like that. So in 2014, he and I had a discussion about getting married. And I was like, would you be open to it again? Because, you know, this was like three and a half years or so since his divorce. And I was like, is that something that you want? And he's like, I think I do. And then we got engaged it wasn't even this huge engagement. Like It was like he we went and picked out the ring together. A couple weeks later, we got the ring back. And he was just like, hey, do you want to get married? I was like, sure. <laughs> okay. It was not romantic at all. And so um, the next year, Ryan and I got married. And he's the man that I'm married to now. He's the man that has the two wonderful stepkids. I have this two wonderful step boys and one is in college now and one is a freshman in high school. Um, We've been together, we've been married almost eight years. And in that time, his ex-wife, the mother of his children and I had not spoken until this last November there was never an opportunity. Well, that's not true. There was opportunity because we would go, I would go to soccer games and she would be there. Um, You know, there was just never the right time because I was scared (laughs) that she was going to come at me and I wasn't going to be able to verbally defend myself, I guess, because I would probably fall to my knees crying like a little baby. But... That's just because I felt like she intimidated me a little bit. But so now she's my best friend. Not really. <laughs> I say that to my friends now. I'm like, we're like best friends because we had one conversation. And, you know, we, it was a good conversation. It was fine. No one died. It was good. Um, my relationship with Ryan has not been easy. Um, It has been, there has never been a time where I was like, we got to get divorced. Because first of all, this marriage is something I prayed for from the time I was 17 until we got married when I was 36. So I'm not about to get rid of it that fast. He can, he can piss me off almost as much as like my brother or my dad, but this man is, he's my person and I love him so much. And I'm not, my point of telling you this little love story is because you can work through your trauma and you can have a healthy relationship with a man or a woman. You can have healthy boundaries and if that person is willing to work through some of the trauma with you you guys will be rock solid and that's one thing about Ryan that I absolutely love because um he will he will listen to me when I'm having a moment or I'm not giving you any more. Sorry. Archie's over here whining again. But he will listen to me when I've had a bad day or a bad situation. There was a time. I know. I don't know if you guys have listened to all of the, the episodes, but there was an episode where I was at a racetrack and Tom sat right next to me and Ryan moved in between us. Well, when we left there that night, I was like, well... I feel pretty good about this. I don't think anything's gonna happen, but we'll know within about 48 hours whether I have a post-traumatic stress response. Well, uh, I had a big response. And I contacted Tom through social media. We talked for about um, an afternoon off and on. We talked about racing. You know, it it was inappropriate for me to reach out to him but, um, when I came home that night and I told Tom, I told Ryan what, that I had talked to Tom, <laughs> Ryan's response was, why, you know, what, what reason would you have to talk to him? And I couldn't explain it. I could not explain it to Ryan. But it was one of those self-destructive moments when I was, I was just being stupid. My inner child was freaking out because she had seen him at the racetrack. And all she wanted was contact. That's all she wanted. And I failed at protecting her and keeping her safe from reaching out to him. So I take responsibility for that. But my whole point of telling you that again... Was because Ryan and I worked through it. He didn't understand a lot of the PTSD. He didn't understand um, the very long-term side effects that I had. And this this was one of them. Because uh, I just just lost my mind. I was crying. Like I was snot bubble crying in front of my husband. It was bad. (laughs) I was like, I got to call Beth. You have to go with me to see Beth, and she has to explain to you what is wrong with me. So that's what we did. We went to see her. Um, It was a really quick visit. It was like, hey, you know, sitting in this little office, uh, Ryan and I sat next to each other, and Beth was across from us. And I said, please, tell him what's wrong with me. And she looked at us. And she got emotional. And she said, this is never going to go away for her. It's never going to go away. It's always going to be there, the PTSD. And Ryan looked at both of us and was like, okay. He was okay with it. And from that day on, I, I don't think I've had any issues with telling him, hey, I'm going through something, I need to process it. Not too long ago, he told me that um, it was kind of cool to see me work through the process. And he's like, you know, 25 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do that. And so that was kind of cool that he saw the difference. I mean, obviously I've grown up, but being able to get through my trauma and being able to work through a situation so that I don't have another PTSD attack is just it's a gift within itself being able to do that. Um so long story short, Ryan and I are married and we live in a nice little home in just north of Indianapolis, and we're good. Like, we laugh, we get frustrated with each other, we call each other buttholes when we're being buttholes to the other person, and, you know, one thing that I have learned to do, other than put my dog outside in the really, really cold air, because he won't stop whining, one thing that I have learned to do is to humble myself enough to apologize when I know I've been wrong. And that says a lot in our relationship. That does a lot for our relationship because just yesterday he woke up, he was grouchy because he was hungry, and we've both been, like, on this diet situation, and he's like, I want Chinese. And I was like, oh, we don't need Chinese. But then we ended up getting Chinese. It was bad. Um... But I was like, why are you being such a jerk? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, quit it. And like, it's just stupid. (laughs) Like, that's how we fight. And then after we ate and we were riding home, I was like, I'm sorry that I called you a jerk. And he's like, I'm sorry I was being mean because I was hungry. And that was it. Like, we went on with the rest of our day. It was just, you know, you just want to make sure that when you're wrong, you say you're sorry. Because if I didn't say I was sorry, then Rick would, Rick, I don't even know what that is. Ryan would think that, uh, I was thinking he was a jerk all the time. Well, he's not. Ryan is a great guy. Um, we work well together. So, I have a small little exciting announcement. I wish that I could get a muzzle for my dog that's not the exciting announcement next week's episode Ryan has agreed to come on and talk about uh our relationship the PTSD all of the trauma he has agreed and I'm so excited because I never thought he would do this he's such a he he doesn't even listen to my podcast so you know he's gonna be sitting here across from me probably making stupid faces at me half the time but I really hope that um, if any of you are in relationships and you want to maybe get a little bit of an idea of what we do that makes it work, um, then listen, because I'm I, and if you have questions too, like that you want to ask him about how he. React or how he feels about a certain thing. Um, working with someone or being married to someone who has been traumatized. And still works through that. Please um, join my Facebook group. It's the Kept Secrets a podcast about overcoming childhood trauma. It's the same little picture that's on my um, podcast. Would you stop? Just come and join the group. Put a mess- it's a safe spot. It's a safe space. It's not public. It is private. Um, it's not a very big group right now, but I'm hoping that over time it will grow and we can help each other. But if you have questions, just put them on there and I will be sure to ask him. We're going to record the episode on Sunday, next Sunday. Um, So I'm kind of excited. I'm just kind of nervous because... I always do this when he's not home, so it'll be really weird uh, with him here. But I think it'll be I think it'll be fun. So uh, feel free to join the Facebook group and or email me at kept at gmail.com. Um, you can also send me a private message on Facebook. I think there is a link to do that. So next week. We're going to talk about how to work through the trauma or things that he saw differently um, from 25 years ago to now. And I'm super excited. So I hope you guys have a great week doing whatever you do. Remember, I'm an open book. I'm here to help in any way that I can. if I can help you, um, I am here. So... I guess until next time we're a little bit early tonight I I hope that I didn't bounce around too much I tried to do it in more of like a chronological order so that you guys didn't get confused on what I was talking about with my relationship so have a great night or a great afternoon whatever it is you're doing and make good choices until next time